Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit here right now on Pentecost Sunday. Shakabura Mahatietaka. Holy Spirit, have your way here today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the way that you know through our Father. You discern our hearts. You know what we need. And you respond in accordance to that need with your nurture, with your peace, with your care, with your provision, with your counsel and your revelation. So today, we just open ourselves up. Come on, guys. Let's just agree with that. We open ourselves up. Have your way here today. Speak a fresh word. Nothing is impossible with a fresh word from God. Father, thank you for your word going into our hearts today. Speak, Holy Spirit. Speak, Spirit of living God, because we want to hear. Hear a fresh word. Hear a word of encouragement. Hear a word from you. Oh, I can feel the atmosphere charged with the potential of faith here this morning. Let's step into that. Let's step into that potential of faith. Yes, yes. Let's agree by saying, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done. Father, here on earth, in the earth of my life, soil of my life, your kingdom come, your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Say hello to someone around you. Grab your seats. Have a little chat. Let me find my notes. I've got them. Great job, guys. Beautiful. Even you, Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> One day he's going to get back in this. <laughs> One day. Go for it. Um, sorry, I should have grabbed the mic earlier when Kylie was talking, but I, um, I just want to mention something about Tuesday morning prayer because I think it's important and it, I felt God say that you should share this. Um, I started coming to Tuesday morning prayer when I was still at school having to be driven around and stuff. And so I'd get, I'd come with parents and older leaders like my age now would then drive me to a cafe and have coffee and drive me to school or drop me off and I'd walk to school, whatever. That was like six years ago, maybe maybe even more. And I was coming every Tuesday since then. And um, it's not to brag or anything, but, but that the impact that that one morning had on my life during school especially, and not only that, throughout, like, throughout the rest of my young adult life, well, I just I just changed jobs or roles at my job, and now I have to drive to the Riverland on Tuesday morning, so I leave at about 6.30, so I can't come anymore. But as soon as it gets to 7 o'clock, I could do it at 6.30, but as soon as it comes to 7 o'clock, I know that there are people here praying for our, for our church, for Mildura, and for that. Straight away, worship goes on, and I'm praying for that whole hour, definitely more, more than that, but for that specific hour, I set it apart. So you might be thinking, oh, I really can't make it because I drive to this place for work, whatever. It doesn't matter. You can still pray and, and join in with what's happening here on, in the morning. And so I just want to encourage you for that. Don't worry about if you can't come to the building and don't underestimate one hour what they can do for your week and the rest of your life, really. Well said. Well said. I applaud that. <laughs> we, were, we are thinking about maybe offer, offering a, another opportunity Oh, not an opportunity. That sounds like it's a, a con, doesn't it? But it, it's another time where you can, we can come together and pray because there is something potentially charging and changes um, when we actually are together. 
we during COVID, we were doing WhatsApp prayer times, which was okay, great. I enjoyed it. There were too many people saying, yes, I'll pray for that and not praying for that. I could feel it. <laughs> They'd go, amen, I'm praying for that. And I'm like, are you really? <laughs> no, I was no, I wasn't. But, hey, that's between them and God, you know, like, but when we come together, guys, he's enthroned in the praises of his people. He's, there's something about when we gather, two or more are gathered together, there he is. Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. So, um, yeah, looking at how we can do that because a bunch of our guys are now working Tuesday mornings and or things have changed, like Joel said. And so we want to just make an opportunity for that. So if you've got any suggestions, we might do it on an evening, one hour on an evening. We'll keep the one hour on a Tuesday because I still think, do we, do we swap it so that, you know, we've only got so much time a week that we can pray? Because the Bible says, you know, pray for one hour a week. That's it. No more. No, it says pray without ceasing. Being in that, in that, that place where you are mindful of God, you're mindful of needs of those around you, and you pray. You can pray at any time. Oh, hallelujah, that we get to pray at any time. We get to unite with heaven. Okay, this morning, as I was, not this morning, but the other day, I was, as I was preparing, I, I, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me about, I felt, had this feeling. Like it was a definite feeling of meh. It's the only word that I could find that actually made sense of how I was feeling. And I don't know if you're in a meh time with God or your spiritual walk at the moment, but I feel that it's time to, as Bill Johnson puts it, when you strap down your truck, you drive for a little bit and then you've got to check your load again. You've got to re-strap everything down on your car. Who's ever done that? Yep. Who hasn't done it and wish they had at the end of their journey? Down on this corner here, I lost an antique table. <laughs> oh, let me tell you that story. We had this really big tray on our ute, and Carol and Tim had this antique trailer that they needed move. Oh, sorry, table that they needed moving. So we it fit like it upside down. It was a big table, and it fit in my tray. And I'm like, beauty. They, someone said, do you want to throw a rope on that? I said, it's not going anywhere. What could go wrong? Came around the corner here, and there must have just been a breeze coming this way. I don't know what it was, but I just see this flash in my rear vision mirror. I look, and I see this four-wheel drive with this lady with a face like... It's burnt into my memory, that image. And the table went up table came down there was no table after that it just exploded on the spot you might think that's bad my dad lost a piano when that was it you dad or someone else oh it was somebody else yeah so it's so easy for us to um continue on going and I feel like it's like we're in running lanes it's easy when you're, you've got your lane marked out for you. You've got your lane marked out and you're like, yep, I can see where I've got to go. That's the end there. And you get hitting uh, your race. But then we've had clear boundaries in how we're meant to be doing things last year. But then this year, freedom's come back. Who's glad we've got freedom? It's awesome. But when there's freedom, there's no definite boundaries on what you need to be doing. There's no guidelines. on freedom means 
it's just open slather, doesn't it? Ooh, there is a part to us that goes, yes, that's what freedom means. I can do whatever I want. No, it doesn't. So, I, you know, I don't know if you've seen kids head off on a cross country sometimes and the parents must just go, well, if we get them back, that's a bonus. If not, because those kids are just running through the bush. There's no roads. And I'm like, is this the track we take? Is you know, I don't know if you've been on a, a cross country and that can happen. And you can run your little tail off and not get anywhere because you don't have the lines marked out for you. I feel like it's time that we just maybe check our, our load, pull the straps down, time to adjust it. Because I think we need some adjusting in our life to, to hear again what God is actually saying. Because this year he spoke to us little things, which... Doesn't sound like much really, does it? But little things, little things. The kingdom of heaven is actually made up of a lot of little things that have a big impact in our life. So I, I just want to talk about again the parable of the sower. And you might go, again? Really? Well, let's have a look at this today. Mark 4. We're going to read out of Mark instead of Matthew. But little things, little things. So Jesus was talking in parables, and he was down by the lake, Mark 4 tells us, and um, he was teaching by the lake, and the crowd gathered so large that he had to get on a boat, and he sat in the boat and started teaching them from the water. And you might think, well, was there no room on the bank? No, Jesus actually, by him all things were made, and there was nothing that was made that wasn't made by him. Um, amplification from a water on water, Jesus knows all about that. Makes me wonder sometimes when he spat in the sand, in the mud, and made the paste and rubbed it in the guy's eyes on different occasions. You know, did he know exactly what was going on there? Was there a physical aspect to the supernatural as well? Because by him, all things were made. There was nothing made that wasn't made by him. He knew about sound amplification when you're on the water. So he's teaching from there. And it's interesting because it says he taught them in verse 2 many things by parables. Now, we know parables as being these um, stories about basic little practices in life. You know, the, the kingdom of heaven is like a, a merchant that looks for a precious stone. The kingdom of heaven is like this. kingdom of heaven is like that. Well, Jesus was talking about this as being like the kingdom of heaven, and this is what it's like. So he says, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he scattered the seed, some fell along the path. Now, you've got to realize this. This guy, this is an image of our father. He is generous in just scattering out the seed. We're very particular in industrialized um, agriculture and horticulture. We plant everything where it needs to be planted. And it's, you know, they go through these big computerized things that, that sow the seed. They, they put the fertilizer underneath it. They put the seed above it. And then they drop it at the right level without disturbing the topsoil. It's amazing. But this guy, generous. Not stingy at all. He's going out and he's just throwing it any, everywhere. He might be even like you could say he's a little bit crazy, crazy generous because he's just throwing it out. And you might think, but he doesn't care where it lands. It's going on the path where the birds are. He doesn't care. That's how generous the kingdom of heaven is. Please don't step over that line without going, yes, sir, my captain, my captain. You know, like you are generous. And it's not to a fault, it's a generosity that is so beneficial for me and for you. 
And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell onto rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Verse 7, other seed fell along among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they could not bear grain. Still others fell on good soil. It came up and grew and produced a, a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times. Woo! Then Jesus said, whoever has ears, let him hear. If you've got ears, check. You've got ears? Check one, two. Check one, check one, two. Check one, two. Hello, Mike. Hello, Mike. No. <laughs> so the guys are all sitting there. They're going, hmm, hmm, yeah. You know, good, good parables. Very good parables. What does it mean? Is anyone? Mark. I don't know. I'm just writing this down. Matthew, what? <laughs> what does it mean? I don't know. Who's going to ask? You're going to ask him? They're probably there going, it means this. It means that. Oh, he's just telling us how to get a good harvest in or something like that. So they go to Jesus and say, what, what, what are all these parables? Why do you speak in parables? Jesus says something very specific here. He says, I, parables are revealing and concealing both at the same time. People that are, if you're in here, you're going to hear what's in this story. But for those that are outside, and you might think, wait a minute, this is a bit exclusive. This is a bit you know, cutting off, it's only for some people and not for others. This is where you've got to understand many are called, but few are chosen. Scripture shows us that God is generous to a fault. He's crazy generous, but it's up to us to accept it. It's up to us to hear it and apply it to our lives. So they didn't fully understand this parable. Now, when you get knowledge about something, you've got to do something with that knowledge. Like, if you knew that you'd left the tap on um, for your swimming pool and you'd come to church and the guy up the front is talking about irrigation and you're in the back of your head, you're thinking, this happened in the first service. In the back of your head, you're thinking, water. Somehow that brings up something in my head. Water's running. And then all of a sudden, I've left the water. No. <laughs> it was. It was everywhere. <laughs> it was Brett. <laughs> so then verse 13 got the water on then Jesus said to them don't you understand this parable interesting because the parable reveals but it conceals because if if you because Jesus goes on to say they're forever hearing but never you know, forever listening and never hearing, forever, you know, comprehend, never understanding. And, and Jesus said there's people that if they knew this stuff, it would then, there would be a judgment in their life because they would need to make a decision based on this. But I speak in parables, so you, who you're understanding of this, you're going to get it. But them, they're not going to come under condemnation. They're not going to come under God's mercy is actually withholding this judgment from their life because when you are, you know, you're informed about something, wait a minute, I've left the tap on. You've got to do something about that. I remember I had a, a truck had driven over one of our big pipes on our, in our, on our property and I noticed, oh, it's a bit spongy here. It shouldn't be spongy. It must be a whole, you know, there must be something wrong with the pipe. That went on for a couple of months and it was getting worse and I'm like, 
Kylie, you should do something about this. You know, by the time I got down there, like my water bill had, <laughs> yeah, well, my water right was gone that year because, and I've got nearly, I've got nine megs of water on my property. That's nine million liters. Normally, I use about three megs to four megs. This year, I used, I think it was eleven and a half, which if you even go a little bit over, you need to, you pay a thousand dollars fine straight up, even a drop over. Your, your water right. So I needed to do something because I had the knowledge that this was a problem and I didn't do anything about it. This is what the Word of God is saying. If you, if you get it revealed to you, you need to do something with that knowledge. And so many of us are caught in that meh eh, because we're not really understanding what Jesus is saying. He says this, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? How the, so there's something specific and unique and empowering about this parable that if you don't get it, there is something elemental and foundational about this parable because he taught them with many parables. But then when they say, what does this one mean? He says, if you don't get this, then you're not going to get anything else. He goes on to say, verse 14, the farmer sows the word. It's interesting. I'm not going to get into it now because it's quite complex. The farmer sows the word. The word is either it's heard, but is it responded to? There are four types of soil, but he, in this particular instance, he said some people are like seed along the paths. My message is quoted, it title is Soils Ain't Soils. Going on the old-fashioned um, ad from the 1980s, oils ain't oils. Castrol GDX, see, marketing does work. Here we are 41 years later and you still remember it. I don't know. I'm just saying 1980. That was 41 years ago, wasn't it? Maths, never do maths when you're on the platform. That's what I've, you've heard me say that before. Why didn't somebody say, stop it? <laughs> stop it. So the farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the paths where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them because it's the hard place. And some people are like seed along where the... Um, Seed along the path, sorry, where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes along and takes away the word that was sown in them. Hard soil. That's the normal, you know, we can get distracted with the normal humdrum going through life and it can have a worn out path in our life that we go, oh, nothing's going to happen here. This is just all horrible. Oh, going to work every day and no one at work appreciates what I do and I've been overlooked for so many, you know, advancements and all these young people are coming up after me and all these old people are pushing me around and expecting things on me. Nothing's ever going. God could be just wanting, I don't know who I was saying that for, but God might be just wanting you to realize this hard soil in your life where you think it's a hard place. He is, he is just randomly and generously throwing throwing his word out, speaking his word out. We're not just talking seed at the moment. You're the seed waiting for the, the nutrition, the resource, the super organic material that is in the word that makes us grow. Makes us grow. And if we miss it, it gets stolen. 
it gets stolen by the enemy around us or it gets stolen by somebody else's opinion that says, what? You're going to be generous with your money? What? I remember when I had friends at work that I, they said, Steve, you're a Christian, aren't you? Is it true that we have to give 10% of what we earn to the government? I went, no. I'm like, aha! And I said, no, but you meant to give it to God. Oh, you know, that changed really quickly. They go, you give 10% of your money? So one of the guys went away and calculated how much money I had paid up until that point. And he came back and said, Steve, you've paid this much money just to your church. And I said, how much money have you given to cigarettes or to alcohol or to pornography? How much money have you wasted trying to chat up girls at the bar? How much money? And he's like, I said, you know, I put my money into a place where there's a good return. You go and drink your money and pee it into a toilet. Generosity is a key to the kingdom of heaven. Fasting is a key to the kingdom of heaven. Praying is a key to the kingdom of heaven. It's not a key to, it's a key to unlocking the potential and the power of the kingdom of heaven in your life. So with hard stuff, if you're going through a man, God's not talking, God's not doing anything in this place and it's hard at the moment, then I want to encourage you, be soft, be pliable. Be humble and listen, because it says here in verse 15, some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, say hear. It's all about hearing. Those that have an ear, let them hear. They heard it, but it got stolen away from them. Be careful who you allow to speak into your life. Be very purposeful about who gives you counsel. There is a statement that I coined a long time ago because somebody was trying to force their opinion on me and I said, hey, I've, I've got a standard in my life that I don't, take, I don't take advice from somebody whose destiny you've got, I don't want to end up at. Like, and it's not that you judge an individual, but we identify fruit. We're meant to identify fruit in people's life. So if somebody's coming to you and they're a stingy person and they're trying to tell you, don't give, don't be generous, then don't listen to them. If you don't want to end up at their destiny or if... Whatever that situation may be, be very purposeful about who you take counsel from because the word could be just, it could be a now rhema word that God's trying to speak to us and then somebody's saying, that's crazy, you shouldn't be doing that. Like, <laughs> there's some crazy things that God asks you to do sometimes and they, they actually produce an incredible harvest in your life. And you might, like just an example, I remember hearing stories, somebody, um, I can't even remember the situation, but it was like, God told them they were praying. God told them to go and either stand on their head or do a handstand on the street corner. Later on to find out that there was another person that was saying, God, if you're really there, I'm, I'm ending it all. If, if you're really there, make someone do a handstand, you know, on this court, street corner. And they're there having a coffee as this woman comes out and does a handstand. And they're like, this has happened to me. I remember one time. I was standing in my mum and dad's house at, um, on 11th Street, the A-framed house the doll's house, and I was having one of those times with God that I was like, God's not hearing me, it feels like the ceiling is brass, it feels like heaven is just, anything that I'm throwing up is just bouncing, it's, it's echoing back at me, and I was standing there at the kitchen, oh, sorry, the kitchen bench inside the kitchen, I was looking out, they were playing sport, it was a Saturday morning, and I, 
I've only done it twice where I've asked God for a sign. And I just said, God, if you really love me, and I was about to say, make a green car drive past. Weird? Thank you. My son goes, weird. Before the words even came out my mouth, make a, this bright, horrific green car drove past. Immediately, I just went, oh, did that really happen? Oh, that was a coincidence. Stolen, if I wanted it to. I went, no, that's not. That is God right there. God, you are talking to me. Now, I could have been operating in presumption. Didn't matter. I directed it towards God because the very thing that I was going to ask for, he did. He answered it straight away. Uh, ask, for, ask for it. He will give you a word. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word. And at once they receive it with joy. I've done this. Oh, and they're like, woo, this is so good. But then when the responsibility comes from the word. See, this is what Jesus is saying. Dad and I protect some people because otherwise they're just going to go like, woo, and they're going to get hurt in this. So if you've got rock, sorry, um, yeah, rocky places in your life, it says here, you receive the word at once with joy, but since there's no roots going down, there's other versions that say have no root in themselves. That's why another um, translation is they have no root in themselves. Sometimes you get a sucker. My Uncle Bruce was telling me about, the, um, we just got some, what are those trees that he gave us? Camellias. Yeah, we've got three of them. And he, he just said one, there was a sucker coming off one of the roots and it's just grown up another tree. So if we wanted another one, or if somebody else wants a camellia. No one? Good. We'll have it. Um, but they, it didn't have any roots for itself until it was cut off from the original. And then that root kept on growing. Some people don't have uh, their, their roots into God. They're living vicariously through the, the nourishment they're getting from other people's encouragement. But I want to tell you, no, you can have roots that go down into the, into the soil. And the Word of God will nourish you. It will fertilize you. It will get you to grow. So the rocky places. So when trouble and persecution and trials come because of the word, that there's now a responsibility attached to this word. Now I have to actually change something. I need to step out and do something with this knowledge, with this word, with this revelation. And when because of that, it's like, oh, no, and it gets stolen. It, it dries up because they just fall away. So the first one in the hard path stuff, be soft, be humble, be pliable. When it comes to the rocky places in our life, we need to be yielding. We need to be submitted. Come under the, the sub, under the mission of God. Submission is coming under the mission of, of something else. So submission to God's plans is the best thing to submit to. Submission is a horrible word nowadays. No one wants to hear submission. You must submit. No, we don't like to hear that. I want to tell you, yes, it's a powerful thing. Submission and humility is not a weak stance. It's actually a powerful place to be, to be kind to those around you, to be generous with those around you, those you're working with, those you're, whoever it might be, living with even. Oh, verse 18, still others like seed um, sown among thorns hear the word. See, all these hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. It's still there, but it's unfruitful. 
It doesn't actually produce. It's taking up nourishment, it's taking up water, and it's growing, but not to the the full extent of what it could grow to, and it's not producing fruit. God wants us to produce fruit. God wants us to show people that there is benefit um, to living a life that's in line with his kingdom. That's the way it was meant to be. Oh, the worries of this life. That actual term, the worries of this life, um, the word there is solicitude or it's anxiety, solicitude, that comes through the idea or the the vehicle of distraction. It it takes its root essence from, and if you read Greek, there's a lot of root words that make up these words. So there's a lot more words than the English language, I can tell you that. But in this one... um, The worries actually mean there's a journey, a divided journey. Okay, so it means the worries of this life is a distraction from a divided journey. We're meant to have one journey in life. We're meant to have a uni journey in life, a a definite, this is my calling, this is my race. That's why David says, you know, it says that David fulfilled his calling for his generation. Paul said, I've run the race, I've fought the good fight, and I'm, you know, I've done it. There is a calling on your life. There is a purpose on your life, and it's in God. So this here, the the worries are the other things, the distractions that come in to take you off that single journey that you've been called to. Therefore, you know, shake off everything that, in, that entangles in the sin, you know, and run with perseverance. Run with perseverance. Not limping, not whining, oh, this is horrible. Oh, just, no, 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 running with perseverance, running with joy, this race marked out for us. So the worries of life can absolutely rob you. It It means that which divides us from the unity and harmony within life. That which divides us from the unity and the harmony in life. So there are a lot of things that can do that to you. Anything can do that to you. This morning, I couldn't get the printer to work out there. That was robbing me. It was like, oh, come on, what's going on? It's only got one job to do. It's a printer. If it can't print, what is it? It's like a whole existential thing going on. (laughs) The next thing was the deceitfulness of wealth. Come on. Who knows what this one's like? The deceitfulness of wealth. Has money ever told you it's important? No, it just carries that atmosphere with it, doesn't it? I'm important. You need more of me. Sell yourself for more of me. You need me in your life. And then when you get it, you realize... "Eh." I'm still chasing after something. Jim Carrey made this um, statement. He said, I wish everyone, this is Jim Carrey, I wish everyone could get rich and famous and have everything they ever dreamed of so that they can see that's not the answer. He's been there. He's realized being rich, being famous, having everything that your heart desires is not what it's all about because we're so fleeting. Oh, look, a shiny, shiny. Oh, run off after this thing. We do that so much. Or we have an opinion about how things should work out and how things should go in life without actually finding if God is behind that. And we go for that. And when we don't get it, we go, God, what are you doing? He's done it wrong. This isn't working out for me. And God's saying, just listen. Oh, you're so close. You're so close. Deceitfulness of wealth um, 
actually talks about the seductiveness of wealth as well. The seductiveness. Wealth is an illusion. It is a delusion. You can never have enough. And even when you don't have any, um, you're still rich. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like there are people in life don't, don't have much money, but they are so wealthy. They are happy. They are secure. They are comfortable in what they're doing. And it's to do with their attitude, not to do with what they have on their bottom line. So don't, don't get caught up in this deceitfulness of wealth because this is where the thorns are just trying to strangle you out. And you might be worried about one thing and God's going, I've got you. I've got you. You don't need to worry about that. The final thing is the desires for other things. This is a big one because, to be honest, I always talk about the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth. And this desire for other things, eh, I just sort of tacked on to the end of this whole statement. This is massive. Um, It talks about, and if you go back to Galatians 5, where it talks about the acts of the sinful nature and then the fruit of the Spirit, and it encourages us to live by the Spirit, by the leading of the Spirit. And there's a beautiful way it says it in here. But if you remember a couple of weeks back, we we talked about, um, we talked from Galatians, and we're talking about the the, um, acts of the sinful nature. And something God really impressed on me was that these are all the aspects of our our flesh they're not just the sinful nature people sometimes talk about the sinful nature and they sort of say well this is the sinful nature but when you look at it in the the greek it just says the flesh it's not the sinful nature it's our flesh it's our human um nature that we when we get something good we want more of it true who when they get something good they go nah never going to have that again Never want to taste that again. Never want to smell that again. Never want to go there again because that was way too good. No. We're like, you've got to go here. You've got to taste this. Smell this. You know, like we want to share it with people when it's good. So, um, oh, that's why stand at the crossroads. Find where the good way is and walk in that, Scripture tells us. I don't know who's, where, what crossroads you're standing at at the moment, but the Holy Spirit is wanting to say to you, look for where the good way is and walk in that. Look for where the good way is. Okay, um, this is what it says in Galatians uh, 5. It says, but I say walk habitually in the Holy Spirit, seek him and be responsive to his guidance. This is the Amplified. And then you will certainly not carry out the desire of your flesh, with res- which responds impulsively without regard for God and his laws, his precepts. Our nature just wants to follow its own measure of joy and pleasure. And it doesn't even care for God's you know, ways or his things. Now, when you look at the, the acts of the sinful nature, it starts off with things that are very core to our, our, um, our being. It talks about six, sexual immorality and um, lustful thoughts and immorality in there. It's interesting because those words are very close together. Pornia, where we get porn, pornography from, is high up there. And what it means is that in, with sexual immorality, that you're, you're selling yourself, you're prostituting yourself, you're actually you know, getting a payoff from this, but it's all detrimental. It's totally a coping mechanism. All these things about the sinful, what we call the sinful nature, our flesh, they're all coping mechanisms. That oh, Let's quickly just have a look at them. Because 
this is important to realize when we notice that we're in these um this what would you call it just this slide in our life because we all go through it um oh where is it 19 is it uh good now the practice okay so it's sexual immorality impurity and sensuality total irresponsibility and lack of self-control that's where it ends up total irresponsibility and lack of self-control um so you might think, oh, why are we talking about this at church? This is the place to talk about it. Like, if you think, oh, but my kids, they, you know, don't need to hear this. Yes, they do. Because they're getting information from the world 24-7, non-stop. But I want to tell you that there is actually a righteous level of sexuality. There is a righteous position that God has made available for us that it doesn't distill from our life and we don't derail our life but we actually stay on the right path in God the whole world system is all about self-indulgence greed people getting money for you know all this sort of stuff it's interesting that this word here for sexual immorality is pornea this is a massive thing on like just people just not withholding like schoolies you hear about schoolies do you know how much chlamydia is transferred it's a it's interesting, there's been a big um, brouhaha about some ads going on TV and they were the wrong things, they were a little bit too, I don't know, they were to do with consent and all that and people saying, well, we need to have you know more um, confronting and not just a, a sly shot at it, but have it real stuff up there. And everything that they presented, nothing was to do with actual um, sexually transmitted diseases. When I was young, there were five sexually transmitted diseases. Today... There are hundreds and hundreds of them. Chlamydia, just to, this is a, just a segue, but chlamydia is so easily transmitted, massively um, easily to transmit. First time you get it, you may not even know that you have it, but statistics show us that 30% of people after the first time they get chlamydia may be infertile, become infertile. The second time you get it, it jumps up to around the 70% that you could potentially be infertile. Three or four times that you get it, you could never have children again. So the way that the, the pattern of this world is that we are copulating ourselves into infertility. This is the result of our freedom in doing whatever we want. We don't want that. See, it, it, it sounds good, it feels good, and all these things, you know, and, but the payoff down the end is totally... Uh, it's chaos. That is not God's plan for us. The desires for other things is a soul longing for that which is forbidden. Um, one of the, the saints from way back in the, he, he made a, a word up, concupiscence, which is the human tendency to want to sin. The human tendency for us to just go, where's the sin at? You know, like... <laughs> You guys are a bit too good. Where's the sin at around here? I need some of that. No, we don't. Because the result of it is death. The result of it is death. The result of it is death. So how do we, what do we do when we need to change, you know, get out of that meh? Because this is it. When we get into these things, the desires for other things. Well, this guy came to Jesus one day and Jesus was telling some stories and he goes, wow, that's really interesting. Um, this is in Mark again. And 
he was a teacher of the law and he asked Jesus, oh, so what's the most important commandment? And Jesus says, the statement he gives back is so profound. He says, hear, O Israel, hear, hear, hear. They hear the word and then it gets stolen. They hear the word and they don't do anything with it. They, don't he- they hear the word and they don't receive it or they receive it and then it gets stolen away from them. But hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love the Lord your God with all your soul. Love the Lord Lord your God with all your strength and love the Lord your God with all your mind, he says. So these are what those aspects are. Your heart. These are the thoughts, the feelings, your mind. That's what the word means with heart in the Greek. It also means the middle. Now you might think, The heart's not actually in the middle, but it's a balance point. Your heart is meant to be in the core and a balanced point in your life. So it's in the middle. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, being balanced with your thoughts, with your feelings. Now, this guy responds to Jesus and says, yes, the Lord God is one. Yes, love Him with your heart, your soul, your mind and your strength. And Jesus goes, the kingdom of heaven is near you. Because he recognised this guy had received the word that Jesus had spoken. Receive the word that God speaks over your life. Don't, don't allow it to be stolen. Don't allow it to just get meh. No, 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 no. Let's retighten those straps. Let's re-look at our, our lanes here and say, where, where am I going? I'm running around in circles in the bush here when there's a race that I'm meant to be running. Love the Lord your God with all your soul. That's your breath. That's your spirit. The, the rationale of the immortal soul is, the, is a reference to this word soul. It's your vitality. Love the Lord your God with your breath. Your breath. Your breath. Who counts how many times they breathe a day? No. Who, who's aware when you don't take a breath? Yeah. It's so important to us. Our breath is important to God as well. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. All the animals, praise the Lord. All the ocean dwelling, praise the Lord. All the birds, praise the Lord. Even plants, praise the Lord. We get a choice. And God's Word encourages us, love Him with all your breath, with everything that comes out of you, with every word that comes out of you. Yes, this is how it is, but God is faithful. This is how it is, but God is healer. This is what my financial is, but God is provider. Let that be, love Him with all your soul. With all your mind, your faculty, um, your mind and its dispositions, what you exercise it with, your imagination and your understanding. The mind, love the Lord your God with all your faculties. Love the Lord your God with all your, how you exercise your mind. Do you know that if you pray in the Spirit, it charges things in in your brain amazingly? And I told this story at the first service, but some somehow somebody tried this out and they MRI'd or they CT scanned or they did something and they could watch the brain activity while someone was praying in the spirit. And it charged up like they were like they said, this is a healthy brain right now. This is a brain at peace. This is a brain in joy. This is a brain that is content. And it so your exercise by praying in the spirit, it because it says those who speak in an unknown language edify themselves, morally uplift, morally strengthen mentally rejuvenate love the Lord your God with all your mind with your thoughts with what you do with your off time oh Stephen what you do with your off time love the Lord with your mind and love the Lord with all your strength 
Now I know it says here that it's might and it's power, it's it's forcefulness. And scripture says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. But his spirit actually charges us with the forcefulness. His spirit makes us bold. His spirit makes shakes off the, the shackles and the containments and the limitations, and it gives us the ability to run forward. Oh, come on, let's let's redo those strats up. Let's get ready. We're, we're not even halfway through the year and I feel like we're charging up. Like God wants us to, to get a focus on this year and not just go, well, things are different. Well, I can't wait until I'm back to normal. No, 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 no. You want to go for God's normal, not the planet, planet's normal, God's normal. Then it finishes up in Mark 4, verse 20. Others like seeds sown on good soil. Say good soil. They hear the word and they accept it. Boom! Hear the word and accept it. Dr. Yong Ing Cho had the biggest prayer ministry in the known universe, I think. <laughs> Sounded funny in my head. But he has a prayer mountain over in South Korea. He came to speak at a conference in, in Australia um, oh, decades ago. And they had him up to speak and he stood up and said, they asked him, you know, has he got something to share, something to really encourage the guy with? And some of you know this story. And he stood up and he said, hear and obey. And he sat down. And the guy came up and said, oh, Dr. Cho, would you like to expand on that? You know, really expound that. Bring it out. And he came back up and he says, why? Do you want me to complicate things? Hear and obey. Hear and receive it. Hear and accept it. I don't know what's knocking, you know, your perspective of God is able. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more, more, more. I'm believing this year is going to be a year of breakthrough in the miraculous. Guys, breakthrough in the miraculous, because that is God's heart. He wants to generously just throw out, but there are keys to this. And number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your breath, with all your soul, with all your strength, your vitality. Oh, love the Lord your God. When I get off that track, that, that Steve nature comes back in. Ours are all different. We, we all get distracted by different things. But I just want to encourage you. You don't have to use coping mechanisms. You don't have to use comforting mechanisms to try and make it through life. God sent us the comforter so we don't have to comfort ourselves with these things. He says, live by the Spirit, and then you don't have to comfort yourselves with these things because the comforter has come. If you're able to stand, can you stand with me? This is beautiful how, how our Father has lavished love, just lavished love on us. Oh, thank you, Father, for breakthrough anointing here right now. Father, thank you for your breakthrough anointing here right now. Oh, Jesus, you came to set prisoners free, to release captives. Oh, to proclaim the, the year of the Lord's favour, Jubilee. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit, which is a spirit of truth. It's a comforter, friend. Oh, thank you so much for your Holy Spirit. Right now, I thank you for your anointing power to break. It's by your spirit. You break yokes. You break limitations. You break sin. You break disease. You break everything. 
Everything that can be shaken is shaken by Your Spirit. So Father, right now, I thank You for the miraculous that is taking place. I thank You for attitudes that are shifting, where there have been hard, grumpy and self-focused attitudes. Father, I thank You for them going. Hear and receive the Word that You are called to be a comforter. You are called to be an encourager. You're not called to be grumpy or negative. You're called to be show, show the light of God in your, in your, in your um, sphere of influence. Oh, Father, I thank You. I thank You for generosity. I thank You for healing. Oh, Father, there is so much in Your nature that is just so good. Come on, guys, just thank Him for His goodness. Thank You, Father. Whatever You need at the moment, He is able. He is able. Father, thank You for salvation. Thank You for saving us from ourselves. Thank You for saving us from the, from the putrid sin that we just want to roll around in and get all funky. Thank You. Oh, that if we confess our sin, You are just and able to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank You for Your forgiveness, Lord. Thank You for Your forgiveness. Lord, I thank You for the words that are going to be released this week because You are generously throwing out Your Word. You're throwing out Your Word. You are the Word and the Word speaks. Father, thank You for this week, the Word that is going to land in Your lap, guys. It says, if you are looking for a Word, if you are desperate for a Word, God is saying, I want to speak to you. You are near the Kingdom of Heaven. Father, I thank You right now for opportunities where we set aside time to just connect with You, whether it's, it's driving in the car to the next meeting or heading to work or coming home from work or laying in bed at night when we should be sleeping. Father, I know that You are going to speak to us. You're going to reveal stuff to us in exactly the way that we know that Your voice speaks to us. Father, thank You for release of everything that's in heaven. Oh, Lord, for healing, for prosperity for abundance, for love, for peace, for joy. Oh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Father, we agree with Your Word this morning. We receive Your Word of goodness this morning. And we agree by saying, may Your kingdom come and may Your will be done here on earth just as it is in heaven. Father, I thank You for all the other churches around our region. Lord, that they would be filled with people that are passionate. Father, that Your Spirit would just break out throughout the Muldura, Sunraysia and Greater Muldura District. Father, thank You for all the churches that worship Jesus and proclaim our Father as Lord. Bless them, Lord. Meet their needs. Father, thank You for anointing in their services. Father, thank You for meeting with us. Such a good Father. We agree. May Your kingdom come. May Your will be done here in the earth of our life, the soil of our life, just as it is in heaven. You are faithful. You are able. (laughs) You are God and there is no other. You are God and there is none beside You. You stand alone. Hallelujah. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.